the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, invested in more. Oh, my, 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 my. I want to talk about something kind of interesting, and I got tickets to give away this segment, so sit by the edge of your seat. I hate Andrew Lloyd Webber. I hate cats. I hate Phantom of the Opera. I hate Broadway. Hate it. Hate everything about it. I know you're saying, did you grow up in a Broadway musical family? No. Do you know how much money Andrew Lloyd Webber makes every time Cats is performed or any of his Broadway shows? It's a lot. Most stage musical composers are given what's called grand rights. This is where the composer is paid a certain amount each time the song is played. I heard at one point in time he's paid about $5,000 per performance of any big Broadway show. And at any point in time, you can travel around the world and see that these shows are going on everywhere. Whether it's Cats, meow, 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 meow. whether it's Starlight Express, which has to be one of the most dreadful musicals of all time. It's a it's a Broadway show about trains. There's a steam train and a nuclear train and a bullet train. And they all are on roller skates and they build the arena. They build the auditorium to look like a train track and people roller skate over your head. And what a waste of time. It's basically cats, which one cat has to get the ninth life every year or something like that. The train has to get an extra. I, I don't even understand it. Jesus Christ, superstar. Who in the world do you think you are? So Jesus Christ, superstar. Joseph, the Technicolor raincoat. Fan of the opera. Man makes big money. How much is Andrew Lloyd Webber worth? $1.2 billion. Okay, okay. I, 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 I can live with that. I get that he's come up with a business model that has made some do re me. His vocation is into composing. Understood has a value. Um, he's been knighted and things like that by Queen Elizabeth. So he's got something kind of fun. Estimated at worth $1.2 billion. He doesn't believe in inherited money. Oh, could you imagine if you hit the lottery ticket and boom, your dad's Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's like, I'm giving away all my money. Um, yeah, he doesn't believe in inherited money. Is it, How do you feel about that? I feel like the world's getting tougher and tougher. And if you have kids, you should definitely set them up for success on some levels. Does that include giving them cash? It's a big question. Do you and your spouse agree on it? So he wants his kids to have incentive to work. He's going to give them a start in life, but they ain't growing up owning the really expensive stuff, he says. He wants to encourage the arts. So Weber started what's called the Really Useful Group in 1977. It's a musical group that revolves around music, TV, film, video, concert, merchandising. Merchandising. That's another thing that pisses me off. You go to Vegas, you see a Michael Jackson show, and they, oh, here's all this Michael Jackson $14 Pepsi commemorative cup. Wow, I wonder if with radio stations pulling Michael Jackson songs recently, will Vegas pull the Michael Jackson show, or is it all about the money? He said something kind of interesting, Andrew Lloyd Webber did at one point in time. He said, creativity 
There's no formula. And do you know how many people I heard Peter Frampton get an interview this week? And he had a big, big live album back in the 70s. And he's considered one of the greatest guitar players of all time. And he's played some of the greatest guitar with some greatest guitar bands of all time. Um, I know, I know, I know. But you know what he said? In an interview, he said something like, I wish I could. He goes, I wrote that song, Hey, baby, baby, I love you away. And he wrote another song in the same day. He says, if I could go back and have one more creative day. It's been 45, 50 years since he's had a, that kind of creativity. So it's not always as easy as you think. I'm getting a lot of people asking me about like, hey, marijuana looks like a big booming area of business. I'm surprised there's not a radio show about marijuana yet on the station because somebody's going to come up with it. I know some people who are selling some trinkets for the marijuana industry. They're going to all the trade shows. That's cute. But it's tough to get that killer idea of how are you going to stand out differently. So Andrew Lloyd Webber, I don't really hate. It's tough to hate a guy who works with Elton John's AIDS Foundation or Prostate Cancer UK or Children of War. I get it. I get it. I'm just being a bit of a jerk because it's segueing into another segment. Cirque du Soleil. There's a company that came up with the concept of a circus of sun without animals. That's kind of cool right? It's different. Now, you look around, you go to Orlando, you go to Washington, D.C., you go to Newark, New Jersey, and there's big Cirque du Soleil tents everywhere right now. The history of the company goes back to the 1980s. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Tickets coming up for Cirque du Soleil, just in case you can't figure out the obvious with me. Um, but I like that they reimagined a circus. And every now and then you'll see a movie that's reimagined. Maybe it's, I don't know. You can't reimagine Star Wars. It has to be the cheap, you know, 1977 special effects. Otherwise, it's just no good. But when you take animals and uh, out of a circus, I love it. What's people's fascination with putting uh, an elephant on a train and moving them from city to city? Uh, I'm talking about I endorse a stampeding elephant in circus circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So Cirque du Soleil has grown pretty consistent. I think they were hired by the city of Quebec to honor the city's heritage, some 450-year-old dead guy. And that's where they got their start. Two street performers, Guy Saint-Croix and Guy Galabata. Humble beginnings. Got a little help from their friends, Canadian Council of the Arts. They funded the first Cirque show. Le Grand Tour de Cirque du Soleil was born. We are the greatest Canadians ever. I know you're saying, interesting, Rob, that your Canadian impression's a little bit too close to the French. I'm doing Canadian French, okay? But I had no interest in seeing a Cirque du Soleil show. And then I came to California 20 years ago, and everyone at my work's like, hey, we're going to Vegas for CES, and you want to see O while we're there? I'm like, no. And then I see O, and it's... It's pretty interesting the fact that you could build like a 40-foot tower and jump in water inside of a building that didn't have a pool there. But okay. So (laughs) that's all I got for you. Okay. I've got nothing else other than tickets. Two tickets. Not a family four-pack, just a a two-pack. How about a date night? Winner receives a pair of passes for Volta playing on the big top at Santa Clara County Fairgrounds Thursday, March 14th. That's kind of right around the corner. For another chance to win, you go to the contest page at kdow.biz. If you don't, be the caller here, 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220. Go to kdow.biz, and you can uh, sign up online. Maybe I'll do that, but I'm an employee. I can't do it. 
Volta is a captivating voyage of discovery that showcases never been seen before under the big top acrobatics in a virtually striking world, driven by a stirring melodic score and inspired in part by adventurous spirits. Check it out at CirqueDuSoleil.com forward slash Volta. Find me, call 800-516-1220 to get that winning set of tickets. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'll be honest with you. There's not a lot of big financial stories out there other than the jobs report, which was weaker than expected. Some people are instantly blaming it on weather. So there was good news in the ugly jobs report. There weren't a lot of jobs created, but... Wages increased a little bit better than expected. It's one of those things where, don't you wish I only had one hand? Because I'll go, on one hand, it's not a good number. On the other hand, the wages inside were, and you're like, I'm going to cut off one of your hands. I'd like to meet a one-handed economist, because that's the guy I'm going to talk to. Someone with a definitive opinion. Tilroy, okay, the, the sticky icky. They're one of those companies that are a marijuana investment. And stock's getting beat up today. They may not be a long-term front-runner in the cannabis industry. An analyst at Jefferies today says, eh, underperform, let's call it a $61 stock. A bearish assessment on a Canadian pot stock falling behind some of its peers in the early industry's um, kind of growth spurt. Tilroy is often compared to Canopy Growth, ticker symbol CGC, and Aurora, ticker symbol ACB. They're all kind of getting lumped in together. Some of them are growers. Some of them are extractors. Some of them are medical purposes. It's really early. And setting up the bank accounts and the taxes and everything along those lines, it's going to be interesting. And speaking of which, you know, the taxes on marijuana stocks, marijuana companies, are probably going to be a little bit more harsh. So with that out there, what am I trying to say? Uh, one analyst doesn't like it. Be cautious. Read the analyst. Put bluntly, get it, marijuana bluntly, put bluntly, you have to look for some negatives. Just because it's a growth industry in the wild, wild west, you know, what if your cowboy can't shoot straight? I know you're saying cowboy. What are you talking about, cowboy? What if you buy a company that's uh, uh, not a great at what they do, but they're just part of a hot and sexy sector? Costco is up 5% today. Costco is one of those companies that... I'm not a fan of. I get it. Bulk gasoline. I love that. Bulk everything, right? That's where it kind of gets a little dicey for on me. I don't mind having bulk toilet paper, bulk paper towels. You know, millennials, there's a big story a couple years ago. Millennials don't like paper towels. They'd rather use cloth towels. I'm like, no, I grew up on paper towels. I'm not going to change just because I'm millennial. Yeah, I guess I'm going to change. So Costco crushed second quarter earnings per share estimates. Stock's up 5%. Costco's going to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour after an earnings beat. company announced it was raising its minimum wage to 14 from 13 an hour in June. Now they're saying progressive political pressure has placed the acceptable minimum wage in the United States at 15 an hour. Um, and that's going to put pressure on the other grocers and the other uh, bulk item people to do the same. Isn't it wonderful when you go into a store and there's just a wonderful, happy employee who does their job well? So that's out there. Costco, is it for you? Is it not for you? Should you play the stock now? Um, a lot of upbeat analyst remarks right now. And you know there is something to be said for a discounter doing well in a good economy and a bad economy. People always like a deal. It's just not my kind of play. I get it, though, right? It's got a lot of subsidiaries. They've, they've got a membership warehouse business model. They do dry and packaged goods. They do groceries. 
if you're going to throw a Kentucky Derby party, you're going to need snacks, you're going to need candies, you're going to need alcohol, non-alcohol beverages, you need it all. You may need appliances and cleaning supplies if the party's that good, right? The meat, the bakery, the deli, they, the, the meat department in Costco, they get some Wagyu beef on occasion. And you're like, how did they get that? And that's all I got for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is now over. Please turn off your radios. Send this episode straight to the Smithsonian. Uh, remember the Flintstones? They called it the Smithstonian. And I remember once when Fred and Barney were taking a road trip. Probably the first road trip, right? Prehistoric road trip. Fred and Barney are taking a road trip, and they're going to go to Rock Vegas. And they're in their car, which I was always fascinated on the wheels. It was just kind of a big spinning drum. Get to a teeny tiny river, and they're going to Rock Vegas because I don't know what they're going to do there, but they're going to do something there. And we're not talking about the movie version of Viva Ro- Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. No, no, no. We're talking about the old, old cartoon. So... And Fred and Barney come up to this teeny tiny river as they're going to Rock Vegas. And they go, one of them says to the other, goes, it's teeny tiny river. And there's a sign. And he goes, it's not much now, but I hear in a couple million years, it's going to be pretty spectacular. It was the Grand Canyon. Right? 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 Get it? Oh, so funny. So funny. The Flintstones. Did you know that was a primetime TV show? It was the Simpsons before the Simpsons. I find that interesting. I don't know if you do or not. Um, you know, one of the things I find most people do sabotaging their own life. Do you know people who do this? Oh, and Larry won tickets. Good job, Larry. You're not allowed to win tickets now for another year, but go to Cirque du Soleil and ooh and ah, and please, please don't cheer if anyone falls to their death. Someone fell to their death in a Florida show. And I was like, I'd probably clap that one. I probably wouldn't get that they fell to their death other than the screams and shrieks by the performers. I'd probably go, wow, that was a pretty good dive. I sometimes miss the obvious. So one of the things a lot of people do in their career and their lives is they sabotage themselves because they don't hold themselves accountable. Try to hold yourself accountable. Pretend like you have a family of six children who need you and go to work. And you, I bet you do better. Be brutally honest with yourself. I am brutally honest to a flaw. Do you know how much trouble I get in because I'm brutally honest? I don't. If I don't like someone, it's, it's pretty clear. I think we're all naturally talented in some areas. But face-to-face conversations with yourself, and I do that all the time. I look in the mirror and I go, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. I'm perfect in every way. Um, but the reason I turned out successful is I'm honest with myself. I commit to a schedule. I try to keep it. I do big picture goals. I do micro goals. Today, I have to clear out probably 200 emails. It's going to take a long time. Do I want to do it? Nope. I want to go to Hawaii. Wow, I love Southwest. Southwest comes in and says, we're going to Hawaii. And airfares for all the major carriers, Hawaiian, Alaska, United, I believe, and Southwest, all dropped by 30%, just from one big discount flyer. Cool, I say. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Job creation grinded to a near halt in February. Wages still on the rise. La Croix. It's that sparkling water. Their shares continue to slide after bizarre CEO comments. There was some sort of rumor or some sort of alleged thing that the 
there was something not good in LaCroix water. And it's brand, right? People have to trust you. People have to know that your your water is good water. I hear Lake Tahoe water is like 99.999.8% pure. And bottled water is only like one one hundredth off of that. I'm like, wow, can you drink Tahoe water straight out of the, the lake? Probably not a good idea, but you get the idea. So that kind of brand, keep Tahoe blue, right? <clears throat> um, it's important. And LaCroix got in some social media problems. Flavored carbonated water, you know, a lot of competition for sure. They were losing market share. Um, there was, they were accused of mislabeling its product as all natural. And some people, you know, there was a suit that said that their beverages include non-natural and synthetic compounds in its seltzer. And the CEO is calling these guys professional liars. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. When a CEO is starting to focus on calling people professional liars, uh, I get it. I get it. Their, their takedown campaigns happen on Wall Street, too. Um, some people are, are paid to slander a brand. And then you see companies like Facebook who pay companies to promote their own research, right? So I got to stay away from LaCroix, ticker symbol Fizz, F-I-Z-Z. And an analyst says, we got to cut this thing to sell because that CEO, we want to focus on the CEO and, and not you know finding perpetrators of, of injustice. I know you're saying, perpetrators of injustice? You could be, I could be, Rob Black could be a superhero. Nope. Just me. Senator Elizabeth Warren is pushing to break up big tech companies like Amazon and Facebook. Okay, 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 okay. If she starts leading in the polls and social Democrats start leading in the polls, I may sell my house. I know you're saying, what? Oh, wait, wait, what? If she starts getting credibility as far as, yeah, we should break up Facebook and Amazon and Google. Um, they're, they're evil. And she says big structural changes to the tech sector to promote more competition. And there's no doubt about it. The next Amazon's Amazon. The next Facebook is Facebook. The next Google's probably Google. Um, she didn't mention Apple, but she doesn't like the big tech companies having too much power. She says they've bulldozed competition, used our private information for profit, and tilted the playing field against everyone else. Why would I sell my house? It's a good question, right? Right now, these companies have super Uber campuses. Excuse the Uber reference. Um, Apple's got literally a spaceship-looking office complex, right? Google is like a small town or a big village. If you ever go to any of the Google complexes, there's lots of buildings. A lot of depression. A lot of depression working for Google. One of my high net worth friends was showing off the campus to me. And he's like, hey, take a look at the food. You want some food? It's sushi today. I'm like, oh, delicious. And then walking around the campus, you're he goes, oh, that pe- that person's got a uh, Wikipedia page on robotics. Oh, that person's got a Wikipedia page on you know their their map work. Oh, that person, everyone's smart there. Not everyone, but I do get how that could be kind of intimidating, right? So Elizabeth Warren, if she breaks up Amazon and Facebook, why would I sell my property? Because right now we have wave after wave after wave. We're looking to get into our third big tech wave so far since 2008, 2006. And uh, the waves get smaller, for sure. You know, the, the 1990s were very good in the Bay Area. But you could probably correlate the, the insane increases rent and home prices tied towards the number of tech IPOs. And then when those dried up, people are like, well, I'm going to move back to Iowa. I'm going to go 
build myself a mansion with all my profits from here. I know people who did it. I know people who bought beach homes and left the industry, and now they're begging to get back into the industry, right? So why would I want to sell it? Again, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. But the point is, there's going to be a lot of buyers jacking up real estate prices. And what's interesting is, I find this interesting. You, you'll, you'll find this boring. I've got a house in North Carolina, and I've got a house in California, a couple houses. The return that it can make in one year, not the return, the, the paper appreciation that I can make in one year is like 10 years in North Carolina. The rich get richer. So it's absurd what you can make if there's one more surge and you get out. You can go buy 10 houses in the United States. Am I hearing snoring? Why are we hearing snoring? I don't get the reference. Anyhow, um, change the topic. Jeff Bezos is giving Amazon Studios um, a massive budget for a production of Lord of the Rings. That's fascinating. Don't we have some Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, and Hobbit movies already out there that are pretty darn entertaining? You're darn fluting, but I guess the source material's got a lot more words in it because Amazon's going to spend up to $6 billion on original content this year while Netflix is going to shell out about $15 billion. Amazon's doing something that Netflix isn't. They're dabbling in sports, and they'll have a couple opportunities next few years to go in big with the NFL, having tried to figure out the data from the small push in. Amazon is going after Lord of the Rings. The company knew that it would have to overcome some major obstacles. It's doing a very slow push on it. But essentially, Jeff Bezos wanted a Game of Thrones. And the closest source material out there is Lord of the Rings, I suppose. There has to be other fantasy genre novel kind of things, right? But Netflix, with more than 100 million subscribers, pioneered the on-demand model with such hits as House of Cards. Orange is the new black. Black is the new black. How do I like my coffee? Black. Apple was also in negotiations to acquire the rights for the upcoming TV show, Lord of the Rings. Keep in mind, we've got epic movies out there. So we're just rehashing, right? But maybe we rehash with better actors. Maybe we rehash with better special effects. Maybe we throw in some books that aren't quite as popular. The Hobbit, The Sumerian, The Lord of the Rings, truckloads of content. So Amazon's Sharon Tal Yaguda was hired away from Fox in 2017 and having encyclopedic knowledge of the characters. People love Lord of the Rings. People love Game of Thrones. People love Lord of the Rings. But Lord of the Rings would start creating even more backlog of movies and shows for companies like Netflix and uh, Amazon. You know, what pride and what what swelling happiness you get when you introduce your kid to Star Wars. It's crazy. And one day you introduce them to, when I was your age, I read books. I read The Lord of the Rings when I was two. Two? Yeah, that's right. So um, Amazon's nearing a deal to buy the New York Yankees broadcasts. Do you see how they're going? So they're saying, they're like, oh, let's go a little live events, but also let's go a little uh, episodic things like Lord of the Rings. That's out there. So Tim Cook has not changed his name officially to Tim Apple, but he did on Twitter. And that's kind of funny because Donald Trump incorrectly just couldn't remember his last name. So he just threw this company on him. Some reason he could remember Tim, but couldn't remember Cook. So called him Tim Apple. Um, And that's it. That's all I got for you. (laughs) It's a quip. I know you're saying a quip. What's a quip? I don't want to get into it right now. So... Other big stories of note out there today, Elizabeth Warren thinking about breaking up tech companies. That's a big one. Not really, but it's it could be. You look at companies like Microsoft, and when you fight the government, it's not it's not worth the fight. 
Um, it's not worth the fight. Um, Square co-founder Tristan O'Tierney dies at the age of 35. This has been a tough week for Generation X. I guess 35 might be a millennial still, kind of right, in there. But 35 years old, tons of money, struggling with addiction, seeking treatment. Um, Tristan O'Tierney dead at age 35. And again, this just follows a lot of younger people are dying. And we'll forget about that. Like, do you remember 2001? 2001 was the year of the shark in August. You turned on CNN. Young boy in Florida gets his leg bitten off by a shark. Boy in California gets his leg bitten off by a shark. Is it the same shark? Stay tuned. We'll find out. With all the news that's fit for news, it's the year of the shark. Dun, dun, dun. It was the summer of the shark. And then 9-11 happened. And suddenly that's what we'll remember 2001 all about. So right now we seem a little caught up in this um, spate of deaths of young entrepreneurs. Uh, maybe it's not as bad as we think. But the headlines make you feel that way. Fake news. Fake news. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up in Burlingame. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. I feel pretty blessed, all things considered, to do what I do. Uh, I'm always grateful. And when you reach out to me and drop me an email and say something nice or mean, it's good with me. It means that we're doing something. I'm a big fan of a guy named Brad Gillis. I know you're saying, who's Brad Gillis? He's a guitarist. And he reached out, listening to the show, watches me on Cron, listens to the show on occasion. Uh, he was the guitarist for Night Ranger. And what I love about it is he had some crazy bad hair. And I kind of like it when someone's kind of a little bit older than me and you know he's dealing with his issues and he still wants to know about finances and yet this guy sold out arenas with night ranger sister christian right and what was motoring we're motoring i know what i want to be careful so i don't get in trouble motoring is a practice that was i i almost want to say it comes from detroit but i think it come from beach cities motoring is when you and your buddy Get in a car and drive down the main strip. And you basically look at pretty girls and you go, hey, pretty girl, I got Mr. Microphone here. Do you remember the Mr. Microphone commercials? Mr. Microphone was awesome. It somehow connected a microphone into your radio. And I don't know all the car technologies and technologies, but it was a wireless. You had to put on AM channel 1300 or something crazy. And as you're driving, if you're in a convertible, you can go, hey, there, sweet lady, want to go for a ride in my car? And that was the radio, that was the TV commercial. I so badly wanted a Mr. Microphone. But because I can go motoring. And Night Ranger taught me what motoring is. You cruise up and down the strip and kill your time that way. I know you're saying, Rob, you're out of a content today, aren't you? I'm in a glass cage of emotion. Ron Burgundy is starting a podcast, which is kind of interesting. iHeartRadio Network has commissioned two seasons of the Ron Burgundy podcast. I know, I know, I know. But that's kind of where we are going with podcasts, right? You get the alter ego of Will Ferrell, perhaps the greatest alter ego of all time, in my opinion. First movie, absurdly perfect. Second movie, horrifically bad. I love that movie. I could watch 10 minutes of that movie every day for the rest of my life and never get tired of it. Ron Burgundy. The series, again, it shows you how radio is changing, right? iHeartRadio, Clear Channel, all the big CBS radio stations, essentially after Howard Stern left terrestrial radio and went to satellite radio, 
a lot of the big companies started to struggle and, you know, they, they fought podcasts and now they're embracing podcasts. So, and again, I, is Will Ferrell kind of washed up? I kind of think he is. That last Sherlock Holmes movie looks awful. Did I tell you I'm friends with Brad Gillis from Night Ranger? <laughs> Eat your heart out. I know you're saying, who's Night Ranger? 1980s, 1990s. You got to go with it, okay? So, kooky. That's interesting. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, taking a look at the headlines day, not enough jobs were created, but it was a cold month. Wages went up, which is a good thing. It wasn't too much of a problem. Uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren is pushing to break up tech companies like Amazon and Facebook. She announced earlier in March that she was running for president. And as she's starting to set up her platform, Bernie Sanders announced he's running for president and he's setting up his platform. Those two aren't good for the stock market in the short term. It's the populist thinking of, you know, they've got money. Let's go after the rich guys because there's a lot more not rich guys than there are rich guys. A lot of our jobs, by the way, are being created in education, manufacturing, financial activities, wholesale trade, and business services. Not so much in utilities or transportation or government or retail. I guess you got to give Trump some credit. Um, he's not create. Well, he's not exactly draining the swamp, but it's not really busting. Uh, he's not a point. A lot of people don't want to work for him. <laughs> is what I'm trying to get at. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, there's a woman named Laura Belgray. She charges a thousand dollars an hour for copyright writing. In grade school, she would sit in the cafeteria, and it was kind of a kiss of death for her. Um, she was polished, and she was perfect, and her writing is polished and perfect. Um, if you have a skill, even like writing, the woman charges $1,000 an hour to be a copywriter. That's unbelievable. And it's copywriting that it, it's not really what you're thinking. Um, anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money investing, and more. She tells a great story of when she was in sixth grade, her mom handed her a letter. It's from a secret admirer. Can you imagine how mortified you would be if you got a secret admirer letter that your mother hand delivered? And uh, anyway, it's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. February non-farm payrolls increased by 20000 to 170000 uh, well short of the expectations of 173000 The ambassador in China said no date for a summit's been set yet. And... Both President Xi and President Trump were kind of saying, uh, the details aren't imminent yet. When that happens, it should provide a boost to the stock market, unless we get tired of the news. That can happen, too. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.